while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Good evening and happy Friday. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Uh, third and final hour of the show. Chris will be back next week. Um, but we've been talking about um, the uh, the protest, the student protest today that happened as a result of Ward th- uh, of now Ward Three City Council Sean Oliver um, ha- having posted in the past um, uh, f- uh, on Facebook memes that have been uh, labeled as transphobic, misogynistic, and ho- uh, misogynist and homophobic. And so we've heard from school committee member Ross Grace, uh, school committee member Chris Cotter was on earlier with Barry today. Um, I reached out to every school committee member. And so now we've spoken with Ross Grace. We're speaking now with school committee member um, uh, Melissa Costa. Hey, Melissa, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me this evening. So um, I guess to start, uh, there was a protest today um, at New Bedford High. It happened uh Towards the end of the day, but during school hours, uh, as a result, as a result of of uh, Councillor Oliver's posts, what are your thoughts on both Councillor Oliver's posts and the students in the student protest? Um, so I just want to say that I, you know, I want the youth of the city to know that I stand in solidarity and community with them as they exercise their constitutional right to peacefully organize and protest against the homophobic, transphobic, and misogynist posts shared by Councilman Oliver. Um, today's event was peaceful, energizing, exciting. I want, also want to make sure that I thank the administration, faculty, and staff for the respect, dignity, and guidance that was offered to the youth of New Bedford High School. Um, I was able to be present today, so I was there on site and witnessed all of it. And it was it was empowering. It was advocacy at work. It is everything that we want our youth to do. So, um, with respect to the the students uh, leaving, um, you know, you seem to to offer some full throated support for that. With respect to yeah. students leaving in the in the in you know during the school day, I know there's been some discussion about that whether or not that should be allowed, whether or not that should be encouraged as common practice. Um, what are your thoughts of students, you know, just up and leaving uh, in class? The whole purpose of a protest is to disrupt the status quo. It is about bringing attention to issues that are important to particular groups of people. And so this was important to them. And so they are getting the attention that they need, deserve, want. And so we're talking about it. So I actually applaud them for doing it this way. And I've heard several people kind of call in and speak throughout the day and talking about like, well, they should have done it this way and they should have done it that way. Um, They did it in the way that they felt was best for them. And so for that, I applaud them for their bravery um, it's not easy to, you know, make that decision. I got to speak with a couple of the student organizers, their parents, and the the love and support that was out there for them was right on par with what we need in order to make change. You know, they often say, seldom do, uh, how's the saying go? You know, I'm, I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> but, um, just thinking about, like, how... Our youth were heard today, and you know they've they've gotten responses. 
you know, some negative, some positive, but it was overwhelmingly positive tonight. Do you think that um, you know you're you're an elected official? You're you're a um, you're a public official. Um, yeah. What do you think of? Do Do you think? How do you think that Councillor Oliver should move forward um, after these posts have been um, surfaced? How would you say his response has been? Uh, how do you think he should move forward? The youth were asking for an apology. That was made very loud and clear. Councilman Oliver, um, earlier today on the show when he was on with Linda Morad, actually stated that he would not be in attendance at today's protest, but he, he absolutely indeed was. The youth saw him, I saw him, other people that were present saw him. He drove by several times, parked his car and watched for a period of time before driving by again. And so, you know, that, that could have been an opportunity for him to apologize then. He can apologize now. At any given time, he can always apologize or listen, you know, listen to what their concerns are. I am a social worker. I work in mental health. I work with children, youth, and families in the community. And, you know, I also want to make sure that people are understanding the mental health component that goes in with the LGBTQIA youth. They are actually at higher risk of attempting and completing suicide. And it's not because of their sexual orientation, but it's actually because of how they are mistreated and stigmatized in society. And so some, you know, these memes, the cyber bullying, you know, these, I saw these memes, they were horrific. They were disturbing. And to know that our youth saw this and they see someone who's standing there to represent them in this light was extremely disturbing. And that actually places these youth at higher risk of attempting and completing suicide. We're speaking with uh, Melissa Costa. She is a, um, a school committee member uh, in New Bedford. I just wanted to clarify um, something you you'd said. Uh, you you said you saw um, Ward Three Councilor Oliver drive by that protest several times. Yeah. Um, so uh, going forward, um, I, I you know if there. I mean, if there is no apology, is there going to be, you know, is this going, do you think this is going to be a regular occurrence with these students? And is it something that should be a regular occurrence with, with the students, uh, their, their, their protest uh, of, of Councilor Oliver? I think it's a conversation for the student organizers to have and to decide this was put on by all of them um, with whatever guidance that they had. I don't know who that was. Parents, I believe, I've read in some, on several articles that have been released since then that it was some parents who had helped them just making sure that things were polished and, you know, set up appropriately. And so, you know, it's between him and the youth to decide, you know, how he, and ultimately up to him as the adult to decide how he wants to handle this. So, um, you know, uh do you think that the you know the school administrators um, you know you would you would uh, given them some laudatory remarks for uh, you know facilitating this and uh, you know went peacefully? Do you think that because students walked out of class, there's typically disciplinary action that follows when students do walk out of class? Do you think there should be disciplinary action in this in this matter? No, I do not. One one of your colleagues, uh, Chris Cotter, earlier today uh, had said that, um, uh, and I think a, another Ward Three City Council candidate, uh, former candidate, had said that they are um, they they think there should be an investigation and into how this was organized. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, as someone who was present at the demonstration at the protest, it was made absolutely clear that this was 
put on by the youth, for the youth, with the youth. This was youth-driven. And so, I mean, they can put whatever investigation they would like to, but as someone who was present who had conversations with people who were there, I have no doubt that it was it was youth-driven. It's their voice. It's their choice. And you, um, so... I think you've um, pretty adequately uh, explained why you think the concern for LGBTQ plus uh, students has um, been uh, well placed, uh, you know, with their prior rate of suicide, um, susceptibility to bullying, cyberbullying in particular, and having a public official uh, sharing stuff like that that is disparaging. Um, I think you've laid that out pretty, uh, pretty nicely. Is there anything, any other concerns or um, issues that you'd like to address with respect to this matter? Yeah, I think people need to understand that, you know, when we're talking about a specific, especially, so suicide is the number two leading cause of death amongst young folks when we're talking about 15 to 24-year-olds. The number two leading cause of death is suicide, and that's because young people aren't supposed to die. But when we look at LGBTQ youth, we're actually looking at higher rates of them. We're saying that, um, you know, let me look here, 58 to 61% of them are actually expressing depression symptoms. We're talking about 73 to 75% are, re are reporting experiencing symptoms of anxiety. We're talking about 60% of them are unable to access care. We're talking about, you know, nearly 40% of um, LGBTQ youth have said that they live in a community that wasn't accepting of LGBTQ people. So 40% of our youth feel that they are not being accepted. And this kind of rhetoric and meme fuels that and so that is just something that i you know want to make sure that i advocate for that we're looking at the unmet needs of these youth and it's not be, you know once again i want to make sure that people understand it is not because of their sexual orientation but it is because of how they are mistreated and stigmatized in society it is the way that you know they have low family satisfaction they are susceptible to cyberbullying as evidence by the means shared by Councilman Oliver, um, Oliver. Their victimization, their unmet medical needs contribute to the increased rates of depression, suicidal ideation, and suicidal behaviors. As someone who works with these youth on the ground on a regular and daily basis, this is absolutely true. These numbers aren't just made up to, you know, to, to this is what's going on with our youth. And so for me, the key takeaways is just recognizing that the rate of attempting suicide among LGBTQ is more than two times the rate of suicide attempts amongst all U.S. teens. And it's due to, like I said, due to the societal and relationship challenges that these young people face, the stigma, the family rejection, the bullying, the threats of injury, sex violence. But my final thought is I want to leave with making sure that our youth know that there are places that they can go to get help, that there is a national 988 number, that they could, you know, the Trevor Project, which works, which works specifically with our LGBTQ youth, they can text the word START, the so 678-678, that there is also the Massachusetts Behavioral Health Helpline that just went live as of January 3rd, and that that number is 833-773-2445. And I just implore that every adult out here in the greater New Bedford community wrap around and support our youth who are who are dealing with the stigmatization and the bullying that's happening to them because they identify with the lgbtqia plus community 
School Committee Member Melissa Costa, uh, I appreciate you joining me this evening. I appreciate your perspective on this, both as a school committee member and a professional who works um, with uh, members of of this community, the community specifically that was um, that was uh, protesting uh, today. And uh, I look forward to having more conversations with you in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Anytime. That was School Committee Member uh, uh, Melissa Costa. I think um, very completely and um concisely uh laid out uh her position on this and i i I appreciate it there's um yeah i mean (laughs) sometimes there's you know someone just puts it out, out all out there it's very clear very concise and um it's hard to 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 re- remark on it uh, even further but i appreciate her joining me i've got to take this break we'll be right back this is south coast tonight 1420 wb so you heard from school committee member ross grace and school committee member uh, melissa costa we've also heard from you throughout this evening at 508-996-0500 regarding the posts by new bedford city councilor now new bedford city councilor sean oliver um that uh, have been labeled as transphobic, homophobic, misogynist. There were student protests that were at New Bedford High today. They followed uh, to um, Counselor Oliver's swearing-in ceremony. Um, and uh, now we're going to hear from you guys, uh, 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good afternoon, Mark. It's been a long time. Um, thank you for the tone you're setting tonight, the open-mindedness and Thank you. It's good to see the, in, the input of the people who are calling in, especially the elected school officials. Of course. Um, I'm going to be 61 years old in the spring. I was going to go in the Navy as a junior, what to call it really, during Reagan's time. And that was under the don't ask, don't tell type thing that started then. And I had a few friends who I knew were gay in some closet and somewhere, and they would literally have to travel to places all over the area that wasn't acceptable in the event. So I've seen different ways. But what we're going through here recently, two of my concerns is, somebody said it this morning on Tim's show, it was just before I had to go to a news break, so they didn't have time to elaborate. Sure. The children whose parents live in Ward 3, these children, if they're going home and asking their parents, did you vote for him? That kind of problem, like to deal with that. But I, I think today's stance and people speaking out and some of the elected officials um, getting out in front of us now and saying this is not acceptable, mm-hmm. this has got to work. Um, I think I think this opens up a good dialogue. I hope that there's nothing nefarious or really ugly comes out of this. Um, yesterday in Arkansas, there was a riot at a high school in Little Rock, Arkansas, over issues. 13 people were arrested, nine people got hurt. Uh-huh. So I'm glad that we didn't have that. Right. Uh, and my, sec- my second piece to this is nothing is a waste in the world if something is learned. And yeah. maybe these maybe these children, even some of their parents, and maybe we need to go back. I have copies of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. And we're not the way we were 50 years ago, 100 years ago. But Ooh. there's so much content there. And I hear you sometimes, you bring it through, too, in a little sentence here and there. Um, just because somebody says they feel uncomfortable, they, too, shouldn't be attacked because they're just saying they're uncomfortable. Right. 
they just don't feel comfortable. Be their their upbringing, their religious feelings, but it doesn't mean they are openly against you. They're insulting you. But what he did by posting that and not outright apologizing for the content and taking yeah. full responsibility, yeah, I think that's adding to the fire to these children to say, "Wait a minute, he's not even apologizing." Yeah, so. and and he did say some comments earlier, like I that I I personally didn't. You know, I didn't really care for like I'll represent everybody, not just these little pockets of individuals. It's like, you know, it seemed a, a little bit, just a little bit strident. Honestly, um, I, I, yes. I, yes. I, I think, I, I think he has to be more unambiguous, and, and yes, as he regrets the post and all that. But I do think, and I, and I've heard, you know, we've heard that he's tried to speak with some of the students at the at the swearing in. I think that's good. Um, but he does need to be more, I think, unambiguously um, contrite about this, for sure. Absolutely. And thanks again. And, I'm, and my, my buddy, Ross Grace, what, what a good guy. As he, he brought that perspective, like you said, and he, yeah. for him, was important as administrator, too. Yeah, so no. It's uh, obvious who was actually in the protest, so that's going to be easy. But the ones who, as reported by um, one of your guys, um, who just left, I believe that they should be punished. They just left the school, walked out and left. They had nothing to do with the protest. They took that as an opportunity. Hey, I'm out of here. Yeah. I think they should have a couple of days of in-school suspension and be accountable for everything that, that they've missed in the class. Yeah, I guess it's, it's kind of tough, you know, like, um, like, oh, you just, you know, I, I, it's, that's, it's tough to, yeah, it's, it's tough to, um, I, I think there was, there was at least, one class that they could have gone back to. So those teachers would have known who actually was in class and who wasn't. Well, they, they could have just, you know, if they did, they did. I think, you know, shame on them for, I guess, taking advantage of it. But maybe that was their protest. Maybe they just said, I'm walking out. This is my protest. It's hard to it's hard to tell, right? It's hard to say, oh, you just wanted to skip school. You know, you know it's, it's hard to read that intent. Always a pleasure, my friend. Have a good one. I appreciate the call. I just wanted to say, um, you know, uh, I just got a text from uh, Melissa Costa, too. She said that and we were talking about teachable moments, something to learn, some positive developments, more civic engagement from this. She did register 20 individuals to vote today. That's great. I think that's great. At the event, 20 individuals were registered, are now registered to vote, right? In, the, in this, if they're, you know, they're 18. They can they can vote in this upcoming on these upcoming uh, municipal elections. So I think that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM uh, on the WBSM app. And um, yeah, I think that's a really good thing. I mean, we talked a little bit about that. If because uh, uh, a caller you know caller had said. Uh, in the in the set in the earlier in the in the uh, Democrats are saying in the uh, in the uh, I mean not sorry, Democrats I was reading a reading an app chat message so um, uh, uh, callers were saying in the earlier portion of the um, of the sh of the show uh, that you know maybe if you felt that strongly about it and you didn't feel like, uh, you know, the, the counselor had done enough to show you that, you know, he's evolving on the issue or what have you, you can, you know, engage in Miss Amaral or somebody else who's campaigning. You know, I don't want to necessarily 
you know, cause I, I I don't you know whoever they want. Maybe they want somebody else. Maybe you know, but Carmen or somebody else, right? That civic engagement, right? That they wouldn't otherwise be involved in, and and um, I think that's a good thing. Uh, Melissa Costa registering twenty people to vote. I think that's a good thing, right? Especially considering. You know, a good way to to grow the, the the voter turnout. You know, the the base for voter turnout is to start people young, getting more civically engaged in local politics. Because we've talked about this, and that's why the show exists. That matters the most, right? That matters the most. Who your school committee members, who your city councilors and mayors, and select board members and board of health members. That's what really matters the most for your day to day life. So. I think, um, and I, I think what school committee member Costa had had um, articulated in terms of the plight of uh, student uh, of of young people who are in the um, who are in the LGBTQIA plus community is, you know, very uh, similar to. Uh, you know, similar. You know, she has her own experiences, obviously, as a, as a social worker. There, some professional experiences, which was very valuable to have on the show. You know, we had Andrew Pollock call in uh, on Monday uh, on election eve. I mean, he had just called in. It was it wasn't. You know, there was a bunch of people that called in after uh, Oliver ha- uh, after Sean Oliver had called in because you know we do our election eve call ins here at South Coast tonight. That's you know uh, a new and growing tradition that we have for both the statewide elections. You know, we had all those. Kim Driscoll and Andrea Campbell, they all, you know, they all called in on election eve. Um, and we also have the, you know, we also, we also did it, do it. We're also doing it for the local elections, right? So we had our, we had our candidate Collins, obviously this issue had, you know, be, you know, this had become an issue um, in the days before the election. So I asked them about it and then people responded afterwards. And Andrew Pollack from the uh, South Coast, South Coast LGBTQ plus network had said, uh, had spoken, you know, uh, about some of the, you know, really the the plight of individuals, um, you know, transgender individuals, like transgender women in particular, uh, spoke about how African Amer- uh, American women who are transgender are um, uh, are uh, are have a life expectancy of like thirty six years old. Right. So um, I think that's, you know, really important to remember in the context of this and that like, oh, this is humor. This is a joke. And it's not funny. Right. The those the, the those those posts, they're they're not funny. And I think there's some attitudes that are, you know, I think, you know, these sort of casual, um, you know, making light of somebody who may have gender dysphoria or may be uh, transgender, right? Whether they're students or or adults, um, you know, you're not seeing some of those attitudes being some of those anti-transgender attitudes, frankly. And I'm not saying that Sean, I don't know what his, you know, political positions are in this stuff. I'm not saying he explicitly supports it, but, um, but you're seeing some anti-transgender attitudes be codified into law, right? I think the don't say gay bill in Florida is a perfect example of that. 
where it's really an anti, you know, it's not just an anti-transgender. It's just a, a flat out anti-gay bill. It's, you know, codifying in, you know, it's basically codifying in a public institution that a person cannot ever express the fact that they are in a relationship with someone of the same sex, right? You have to remove pictures of your, you and your, you know, if you're, if you're a gay man, you have to remove pictures of you and your husband from your desk or vice versa, right? Um, you're seeing in, in Tennessee where the governor who was dressed in drag at a school uh, when he was younger um, decided is now deciding to sign a law that is, I think, um, written intentionally, uh, you know, written intentionally in broad strokes to make it essentially illegal to be a transgender individual in public, right? To scare people out of freely expressing themselves in public where they should be able to do that. So you're seeing some of these areas of the country become, I think, dangerous. Entire states, right, become dangerous for people who are gay, who are transgender, based on this legislation. And it's because, frankly, there is... A one half of the governing political ideologies in this country are trying to recreate the gay panic after they already lost the marriage debate, right? The, the marriage debate has been lost, but now what they're trying to do is, you know, recreate that panic to say they're grooming our children, right? They're, they're, they're groomers. They're grooming our children. They're doing this. They're doing that. Right. So, you know, a post like teach kids to change gears, not genders. You might say, you might think it's funny. I'm not sure why you might think it's funny. You say, Oh, it's whatever. Oh, it's just, you know, that's just a joke. Okay. But that attitude is being codified into law. It's making it dangerous for people to be who be who they are for it's making it dangerous for people to be themselves in public places and it's written intentionally to do that it's written intentionally to do that so it's not something to make light of again we're going to see going forward how mr oliver responds to all of this but I think that, you know, I think the I think a lot of these concerns are well placed. 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. And when DeSantis uh, and the Florida legislature passed the law to limit ages uh, kindergarten through third grade from uh, sexual education. <clears throat> I forgot what they called the the law, but the the left called it the "don't say gay" law. Mm-hmm. Now they called what, it the Parental Rights and Education Act. I think is what they called it. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. So, so was that a, was that okay to call it the "don't say gay" law? 
Yeah, I mean it's 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 politics. Politics about branding. That's how they branded it. It was a good brand. It stuck. Like it's like Obamacare. Obamacare was labeled Obamacare by Republicans, but then the Democrats liked it. They picked it up. Whatever. Like it was chip, catchy. It's like the uh, the Chips Act and the uh, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's branding. Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of, kind of all all kind of a joke. So why would you be so offended by the language? What do you mean by offended by the language? You really think that re- Republicans are against uh, uh, gay, you know, uh, people, you know, the uh, um, um, the the segment of society that wants to be treated, you know, wants to be treated. Do freely? I think Republicans, or particularly Republicans in power, are against? Um, the okay. gay community or the LGBTQ community yeah, yeah. broadly? Yes, I do. Really? They have been for a long time. This is not a secret. So the Democrats were against the black community during the, uh, the Reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Um, yeah, Uh Yes, uh, 250. The, yeah, 250 have, years ago. Yes, yes, no, sure. 250 years no, ago. No, no, that that no, is no, that is true. No, not 200. No, Reconstruction, Marcus. Reconstruction. Okay, Reconstruction. So, so, so yeah. So one in the eighteen eighteen seventy five. Yeah, right, hundred fifty years ago. Yeah. 150 years ago, sorry, Reconstruction. 150 years ago, so yeah, Democrats, Dixiecrats, have, have, not have, Democrats in particular, but Dixiecrats, no, no, Southern no, Democrats. Have have. Have, have the Dixiecrats uh, evolved? Mm-hmm. In 150 they, years, they, they have. Yeah, in 150 years, they have. If you can find a, a Democrat that's against, do you really do you really think Republicans want to uh, limit uh, uh, transgenders' rights? Yes, unequivocally. No, I, well, Full stop. All, yes. All Republicans, or or just some people on the front? I think most of them in power. Most. Republicans in power yes. want to limit individual rights, particularly with, with for transgender, transgender individuals. Yes, I do. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, we. I I think most people, Republican or Democrat, are pretty happy having people live their life freely. I don't now, think that's can true. You me, can you, well, uh, can you give me an example? I mean, of, I of think a typical Republican who. I mean, who I, I think first of all, in terms of their rights. First of all, in terms of evolving on the issue, right? We currently have, I think, just about almost most Republicans in Congress, right, have campaigned uh, against gay marriage. I think most people that have been in con- like. Ted Cruz is against gay marriage, right? Mitch McConnell's against gay marriage, right? I can name I, I can, Mike Mike Lee's against Mike Lee's Mike Lee's against gay marriage. No, no, because these 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 Supreme Court. Who's the last person against gay marriage that you can you can cite? What do you mean twenty years ago? These are all people that are in power now. No, no. But when's the last time somebody was uh, cited a, a a a position against gay marriage? Well, I mean, when these Supreme Court decisions came out. Are you out. talking about Bill Clinton with the Defense of Marriage Act? No, I'm talking about when Doma? these Supreme... Remember that one? No. Bill Clinton was against it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill but Clinton was a Republican. That's correct. Come on, Marcus. Smarten up. Bill Clinton was against Republicans it. Republicans are not against gay marriage. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. It's a, it's a law of the land. It's not even an issue anymore. Okay, that's why Clarence Thomas invited 
in his in that in the decision that overturned Roe invited people to re, to bring the gay ma- the case that made gay marriage along the law of the land back to um, the Supreme Court now that they have overturned substantive due process. It he invited them to gay, do that. It wasn't a gay, it wasn't a gay marriage case. It was the um, I, you're you're tweaking this. No, it's not. Well, well so no, one I'm of not. the things, yeah, I know you're a, you're a good law student from UMass. One of the things is that you one of those standing um, uh, traditions or um, requisites uh, of the Supreme Court uh, is that. You don't change something that has been established. So you wouldn't change gay marriage laws because all these legal marriages have taken place. If you overturned that, uh, there's a term you, you're probably more familiar with than me because you're a trained lawyer, that you, the Supreme Court will not... Uh, you know what I'm saying? They would they would not they would not uh, change a precedent. When <laughs> yes, they will. Previous law. They, they've already done that. They just we did. give me an example. They do it all the time. They did it. What's they an d- example? When, when, the, the, what's an example? What's an example of the Supreme Court um, overturning a precedent that had affected previous uh, legal, you know, marriages, for instance, or, or legal contracts? Oh. um... That effect, that that affected previous marriages. They well, no, nothing. Yeah, to overturn a precedent, they take into consideration. But but you understand where I'm. Listen, you understand where I'm coming from, right? Like they 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 overturn substantive due process with the Dobbs decision, and there's a lot of cases that are based on substantive due process, like the Windsor case, like Obergefell, right? And Clarence Thomas lays out specifically. Why they should relook at Obergefell if it comes, you know, if 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 Obergefell comes back, they should reevaluate it. And when he puts that in his opinion, he is inviting people to do that. That is an an invitation to. It is an invitation to bring the case back. Why why would? Why wouldn't you at least? uh, And by the way, Clarence Thomas voted against Obergefell. And by the way, and, 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 and for the record, listen, I got to, I got to, listen, I got, I got to hold you there. I got to hold you there. I got to hold you there. I got calls on the line, but I just want to name, I just want to, just for the, the Republicans aren't against gay marriage. John Barras, Senator John Barrasso, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Senator John Boozman, Senator Mike Braun, Senator Bill Cassidy, Senator John Cornyn, Senator Tom Cotton, Senator Kevin Kramer, Senator Mike Crapo, Ted Cruz, Steve Daines, Deb Fisher, Lindsey Graham. Chuck Grassley, Bill Haggerty, Josh Hawley, John Hoven, Cindy Hyde-Smith, Jim Inhofe, Ron Johnson, John Neely Kennedy, James Langford, Mike Lee, Roger Marshall, Mitch McConnell, Jerry Moran, Rand Paul, James Risch, Mike Rounds, Marco Rubio, Rick Scott, Tim Scott, Richard Shelby, John Thune, Tommy Tuberville, Roger Wicker. Those are all the senators that voted against the um, the Defense of Marriage Act bill today. Uh, the uh, the Defense of Bar- Marriage Act bill that tried to strengthen Obergefell legally. That tried to give full faith and credit to marriages that um, uh, to same sex marriages. So to say that this isn't a position that is this isn't something you be con- you should be concerned about that there aren't powerful people that are against these rights. I mean, ask the, you know, 
50 some odd senators that voted against it. All right. I see some calls on the line. Tell you what, I'm going to take this break. I'll be right back. 1420 WBSM can now be heard on 99.5 FM. Turn to WBSM isn't just a broadcast. It's also a podcast. Get all of our podcasts at WBSM.com, the WBSM app, or just search WBSM on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can join me. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. I've said we're in the right place, right time, and we're, I'm, I'm so happy that you're there to, uh, to guide us. Um, over the next few news cycles, I bet this is going to dominate, and um, I, I would hope that you, who has graduated high school, college, uh, passed the bar exam, has a uh, successful radio show could help us guide uh, both the parents who worry so much about these kids, uh, having had three uh, sons of myself, and the and the kids themselves. Um, to maybe you could help point to your successes, Marcus, how you've become who you have become in this area, and um, you know maybe we shouldn't have everybody define themselves so much uh, in terms of. Marcus, you played football, right? Back-to-back Super Bowls? Yeah. Uh, well, we made yeah. the Super Bowl one year, almost made it the next year. Right. But, yeah. Marcus, are you a football player right now? Uh, no. Yeah. But... No, you know. And, and I have to be honest with you. When I get to Bishop Stang coming out of St. Francis, uh, there were no MCAS. I, was, uh, I had a third-grade reading level at ninth grade at Bishop Stang. I stuttered and was dyslectic. Don't let things define you. You know, we need to... Uh, we have we have to uh, become who we are. Whether we're a, a jock uh, or a definition or or a geek or whatever, but let's point to the successes that we can accomplish. Look what you did and what you what you are. And maybe you could give the parents and the listening audience, uh, the students, explain to them how you became successful and keep their eye on the ball and don't let certain things basically define them all hold them back because uh marcus you know i mean i, I can't I, mean, I, 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 I became i became successful for 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 basically two reasons um i uh was born with certain um capabilities uh that allowed me to enter a field that has a pretty good rate of success and i had really good parents who um were able to support me right and i think i had great friends who you know i think i grew up in a great environment where um that type of you know pursuing those paths were encouraged you know that, that that's that's basically how i think i got to where where i was at right. where i'm and, at and what, I, what i'm saying to you marcus is we should we have to encourage our youth and and there's no better example to help guide us through the next few news cycles of this than you appreciate and, that and marcus we look forward you know I, I really think that we need to point to our successes of people that came here homegrown. You know what I mean? They, it, can, it can happen, and we should point to and guide these, um, you know, our, our students to, to the ability that they can, they can accomplish this, no matter what, whether you're dyslectic or jock or this. Or that. Don't let one thing define you. Be successful and be good at what you're doing like you are, Marcus. Continue what you're doing. Uh, th- Barry, I really appreciate that. It's very kind. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so 508-996-0500. That was really nice. I, I do appreciate that. Um, 
So, uh, 508-996-0500, we're also taking your message on the WBSM app chat, uh, chat from Robert Cabral. We are a 50-50 society, said, no matter what you feel, chances are 50% of the people disagree with your views. Tolerance goes both ways. Would I be judged if I walked into Wendy's bar with a I Love Jesus shirt? Would there be empathy for me? No, there would not. We need to understand each other. I, I don't know whether or not, you know... I, I I can't I can't I can't speak to the whether you know how people would react to you walking with an I love Jesus shirt probably not probably not at all honestly um you know uh I don't think I love Jesus is a inherently homophobic position uh so I think that'd probably be okay I don't think people would care much unless you were doing it in a way that projected maybe that. You know, um, some sort of like adherence to, you know, maybe notions that were anti-gay. Um, but I think that would probably totally be fine, uh, honestly. Um, 508-996-0500 uh, is how you can get on the program. Uh, I got to take a break. I'll be right back. 14. Good evening. Welcome back. Let's go to the phone. Oh, uh, we had a call. Dropped off. Sorry, um, I don't know. Call um, call Monday. You better get. You can call the um, Brian Thomas tomorrow. He was at the event, so you can talk to him. He was there. You can talk to Ken Pittman. Uh, he, he, um, you can call him. He'll he'll be here till noon. And um, you can also. Talk to Jess Machado. She'll be here one to four. And uh, I can talk to you on Monday. Don't forget to tune into Town Square Sunday with Jim Phillips on on Sunday as well. But I'll see you Monday. So don't forget to tune into our Weekend Warriors. That's how I got here. That's how I got my start. I was a Weekend Warrior. And uh, they do a great job. Um, Brian, Ken, Jess. Money Matters with Jose Matos and uh, Jim Phillips. So you can talk to them um, about these issues. I'm sure they'll uh, sure they'll love to have you. All right. Thanks so much. Monday. We've got a big show. Chris and I will be back. We got um, we got some we got some we got some good stories. We got some good stories for Monday. So you're going to want to stay tuned. All right. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Bye.